Good morning, everyone. Prior to his uh, encounter with Asa of Yaakovino crosses to the other side of the river by himself, by Vasa Yaakov Levadoi, where he's ambushed by the Sarosal Asa, by Ovekishimai Adolai Sashachar. But what was Yaakovino doing on the other side of the river in the first place? So the Gemara tells us in Masech the Schulin that he went back uh, to retrieve his Pachim Kitanim, the small jugs that had, uh, he, had been, uh, he had left behind. And the Gemara derives from his uh, actions that Mikal and Tzadikim Shechavu From here we can derive that uh, with regards to Tzadikim, their property is more precious to them even than their own personal safety. Because Yaakov Avinu risked his life to go back to the other side of the river simply to retrieve uh, these uh, leftover small jugs. And the Chavetz Chaim explains this somewhat ironic statement that by Tzadikim um, their property is more valuable to them even in their own personal safety because even though and there's a saying in the general uh, population that time is money uh, by Tzadikim said the money is time that our most precious commodity is not necessarily our resources but is uh, our time and resources themselves uh, represent time and therefore that is the greatest of all resources is, uh, is time at the same time I wanted to take the opportunity since uh, with the Torah addresses Chazal addressed the uh, importance of resources to Tzadikim. I wanted to take the opportunity to discuss uh, the prohibition of wasting resources, that of Baltashkis, so making the most of our resources. So the source for the prohibition of Baltashkis appears in Parsha Shoftim in the context of war, <coughs> where the Pasik tells us when you lay siege to a city, you shouldn't chop down a tree, as we'll see in a second, a fruit bearing tree with an axe. You should rather eat from the tree. Rock The only trees that you're allowed uh, to cut down are those trees that are not fruit-bearing trees. But a fruit-bearing tree, even when you lay siege to the city, you should not uh, chop it down. And it is assumed uh, by Chazal, and we'll see by the Rishonim, that this is not limited uh, to the time of war. The time of war is rather coming to uh, highlight the point that even at a time when there's rampant destruction and people are uh, being killed and resources are being wasted on mass, at the same time you shouldn't just you know, willy-nilly destroy trees for no reason. Even in that context, but certainly in a context which is not war, which uh, destruction is not rampant, we should take this issue even more seriously and uh, be careful not to uh, destroy a fruit-bearing tree or, 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 as we'll see in a second, other resources. So Chazal interpreted this statement not limited to a time of war. Even in a time of war, you can't destroy a fruit-bearing tree. But even uh, when it's not uh, during the time of war, uh, the Gemara seems to imply in numerous places that this is not limited to fruit-bearing tree, but rather anything that could be useful, any resource, one should not uh, waste it and would be included under the general heading of Baltashkas. For example, this is just one example, the Gemara has it in other places too, but the Gemara Mesechtas Kiddushin, and the, the Sugyos discussed in Kibbut Aviyem, discusses how far does the uh, mitzvah of Kibbut Aviyem go. So the Gemara says, even if a person's parent de- destroys items in their presence, whether the items belong to you or belong to the parent, is the whole discussion of the Gemara, but they're destroying items in your presence, yours, or they, you were going to Yarsh in them, and uh, will, you know, that the son has to not react. That's the, uh, how far Kibbut Aviyem goes. So Rav Huna used to test his son to see if he was up to the task, you know, to the challenge of Kibbut Aviyem, and to test whether or not he had a temper. 
So the Rabbi by Rav Huna says the Rav Huna Shirai, his father tore garments in front of Rabbi his son. He wanted to see if he was going to uh, you know, get angry or not. So the Gemara says, first of all, he's, uh, he's uh, encouraging him to get angry. If he gets angry, it will be a violation of Lufnei uh, You shouldn't encourage or give a person an opportunity to perform an Avera. But then the Gemara suggests also, or asks, How was he able to do this? He was violating Baltashkas by ripping garments just to test whether or not he had a temper. So the Gemara answers, the that he tore it on the uh, on the seam, so it was able to be repaired. We'll have to come back to that uh, to understand that fully. But you see from the Gemara clearly that Baltashkas applies not only in the context of fruit bearing trees and even uh, not in the context of war, but it applies to other resources as well. That you shouldn't uh, just waste uh, you know, uh, garments or other types of uh, resources. Rabbi, yeah. This kind of does. Um the prohibition apply equally to everything, or is there something, the fact that the Torah says exactly. fruit bearing tree Exactly. Fantastic. So that's the question. Is the, clearly destroying a fruit bearing tree, even let's say not in a time of war, would be a violation of the prohibition of Loisashkis and Raisa. What about these other items? Are they included in the prohibition only Midarabanan? Or are they part of, do they come under the umbrella of Loisashkis, even Midarabanan? Even if it's a Midarabanan, would there be a distinction of something that's singled out explicitly in, in the text? Yes, excellent, excellent. So the, we'll get to your point right now. So the Rambam at the beginning over here, if you look at over here, Oizdal, the Rambam says if a person destroys a fruit tree, um, then he is, uh, you get Malchus like you violated any other Easter in the Torah. Then if you look at the second line, uh, towards the end of the line after the period, not only trees, a person who destroys utensils, rips garments, destroys buildings, or closes over a well, so you can no longer, or springs, so you can't get the water. He destroys food in a destructive fashion. He's violated Baltashkis, which implies that it's Midorai. But he only gets Malchus Mardus, you know, Malchus Midarabanon. So one could have understood, um, and I think many, this is the simple understanding of the Rambam, and that's the way many Mepharshim interpret the opinion of the Rambam, is that all other items are only included in Midarabanon. Uh, Fruit-bearing trees is Midaraisa, other items are only Midarabanon. The Minchas Chinuch, though, however, suggests within the Rambam uh, that even the Rambam held that it's Midaraisa, just the Rambam feels you cannot get Malchus Midoraisa, only Malchus Midorabonon. Why? Because the Rambam has a rule in the Sharashim, Sharash Beis, and the, the, the rules of his Sefer HaMitzvahs, that the Rambam only counts those mitzvahs that appear explicitly in the Torah. If it doesn't appear explicitly in the Torah, it's not Torah Shabbat even if it is derived using one of the Yugim Omidosh Torah addresses by him, uh, those you know methods which expand that which is deraisa to include all the, the, the dinim that are you know we use the proper methods of uh, learning uh, tarshav sav even if it is midderaisa using the midrash and the dress of tarshav alpeh the rambam does not count it within the minyan hamitzvus that's why the rambam writes at the beginning of hilchas ishus that even though uh, kiddushin can be contracted in one of three ways either with kiddushay bia kiddushay shtar or kiddushay kasef the rambam says kiddushay kasef is only midivrei seifrim. What he calls me divrei seifim, which many interpret to be the rabbanon. So the Kesef Mishnah, the Rambam at the beginning of Hilchas Ishus asks, how could it be Kedusha Kesef is only the rabbanon? As we know, Kedusha Kesef is derived 
from the Pasuk at the beginning of Parshas Chayei Sarah that Avram Avinu purchases Maris HaMachpela, Hinei Kesef HaSodek, Kach Mimeni. He gives money to Ephron Achiti to purchase Maris HaMachpela. And the Pasuk uses the language of Kicha of taking. So the Gemara learns, Ekzei Roshava, Kicha Kicha Mistei Ephron, because Yikach Ish Isha is the Pasuk in Parshas Kisei, so he used to describe marriage. Torah uses there the word Kicha by Avram Avinu purchasing the Maris HaMachpela, uses Kicha, and Avram Avinu used Kesef, so to Kiddushin can be contracted with Kesef. So it's Xerah Shava, one of the Yugim Aminah Shatar Nidrashas by him. Why then does the Ramam call me Divrei Soifim? So the Kesef Mishnah says what he means to say is, it's Tarsha Balpeh, not Tarsha Bistav. It's Zerah Isa, but it's not explicitly in the Torah. That's called me Divrei Soifim. And that's treated differently by the Rambam than that which is explicit in the Torah. And perhaps one other manifestation, a difference between that which is written in the Torah explicitly and that which is just Deiraisa, but Tarshabal Peh, is with regards to Malchus. Because the Ran writes in Masech the Shabbos that there is no Malchus for that which is Tarshabal Peh. If it's Halacha Lomesh Misina, if it doesn't appear explicitly in the Torah, even though it is Deiraisa, there's no Malchus. So perhaps the Rambam, this is the Minchasina suggesting the Rambam, perhaps the Rambam also holds its Midday Raisa, but there's no Malchus Midday Raisa because it's not explicit in the Torah. The only thing that's explicit is fruit trees, that there's Malchus, other items, even though they might be Midday Raisa, there's no Malchus. One can interpret the Rambam in two different ways. Maybe it's the Rabbanan, maybe it's the Raisa, we'll get back to it, it might make a difference, but maybe it's the Raisa, maybe it's the Rabbanan. Either way, one is not supposed to destroy fruit trees, not only fruit trees, but any resource. There is, though, even though it is Midday Raisa, yeah? Just a question on that. Since the only usher on Shabbos is lighting a fire. Right. So is that the only Del Raisa? No. What do you mean? Ah, that's explicit in the Torah. Right. So therefore, any other things that's Del Raisa, there's no Makos Makos? Well, uh, no, but Shabbos appears in the Torah 39 times. So that's... No, I, that's, that's a limud. It is Same somewhat of a limud. So... <coughs> but not all limuds are the same. Xerah Shava and Memadzinu might be different. There might be some limudim that are, are considered Tosh Musav. might be some that are Tosh Musav. Yes, fair, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. But we could differentiate between Mido Shaton and Jezbun. Okay. Some, some, you don't understand what I'm saying? Some yeah. might be more directed to... Depends on what uh, how you want to yeah. Shava Right. Even though um, this is an Easter in the Torah with regards to fruit trees, and uh, we discuss other items as well, also included either Midoraisa or Midorabonon, it's uh, treated more severely, at least destroying fruit trees, by the Paiskin than uh, perhaps even a regular uh, Easter Midoraisa, even something that appears in the Torah. Because the Gemara tells us in Mesechtas uh, Bavakama that um, there is a danger, not only a, a violation of a Leisase, but there is a danger in destroying fruit trees. At the end of the first line over here, Oizvav, the Gemara tells us, Amr Chanino, Loi Shachiv Shivchas Dubari. My son only died over the Kotztei Nasebeloizamna. Because he cut down a uh, date tree early, a date palm, before it was its time, before the tree was still producing fruit, and he cut it down early. So he attributed his son's early uh, death to the fact that he was uh, cut down a date tree too early. So there, it's even treated, you know, it's more uh, scary, of a, you know, more severe of, of an Easter, and therefore Paiskim are very, uh, very uh, cautious when it comes to this, uh, to this Easter in particular. Even though, okay, it is an Easter rights when it comes to fruit trees, there's the danger involved as well, and we discussed that it extends to other resources too, uh, but there are three, uh, three dispensations or three limitations to this Easter that are mentioned by the Gemara Masechtas Bavakama, where the Easter uh, would not apply. And even though it's discussing specifically fruit trees, it would relate, we'll see, it'll serve as a paradigm for other, destroying other resources as well. So the Gemara tells us, um, 
the end over there, on the third line, second line of Oisvav, Shmuel Aisile Arise Tamre. Shmuel had a certain sharecropper, and he asked him to bring dates from the field. So he brought in the dates. Time of the Chamre. They tasted like wine. So I'm like, my high. Why do they taste like wine? I'm like, Beni Gufnin Kaimi. Because these date palms are in the middle of the uh, vineyard. And the taste became intermingled. Obviously, then the wine was going to taste like date. So I'm a Makshi Bechamra Kuli High. If it's going, then the wine is going to be um, tainted by the flavor of dates. Because the dates had the flavor of the wine, it's not going to be good for either one of the uh, crops. So he said, tomorrow bring me the, uh, the uh, roots of the date tree, of the date palm, meaning uh, get rid of it. So you see from this Gemara that if something is mazik, something else, let's say the tree is uh, damaging another tree, the date palm, which was the less expensive of the two trees, was damaging the grapes, the grapevine, so then you could remove uh, the one that's, the, that's doing the damage. So if one tree is damaging another tree, you can remove it. Or similarly, the Rajba writes in the Truva, if your tree is damaging your house, the roots of the tree are running into the foundation of the house, so then you could also do, remove the tree. That's not called loisashkas. That's called removing a, uh, a davar amazik. Or the chavos has it's an extension. If you have a tree that's overhanging a house and there's too much shade and it's causing a mold to grow, or simply you want more sunlight, you want a view, you want you know it's too shady. Or, you know, animals are coming onto the roof because you have too many trees, so then uh, one would also be allowed to uh, remove the tree. It would be considered uh, as, as if it's doing mazik, and that's not, that's not subsumed underneath this, underneath this iser of, uh, of loisashkas as eitzah. That's one limitation to the iser. Another limitation is the first line of that Kamar Masechus Babakama, Omar Rav, Dikla the Ton Kava Asl Miksaya. A uh, date palm that produces a kav of dates, you're not allowed to cut it. What about a uh, olive tree? How much does it have to, fruit does it have to produce? Uh, that you're not allowed to cut it? A roiva, a quarter of a kav. Oh, so you see it's a different shear. Says the Gemara, shiny zeisim de chashivi. No, zeisim are more valuable, so even if it just produces a quarter of a kav, it's considered valuable enough, you can't destroy the tree. Other uh, fruits, other fruit trees would have to produce a kav. So perhaps what you see from this Gemara, and this is the way it's understood by the Rishayim, is that if a tree is not produ- productive enough that it's worth it to keep the tree around, to service the tree, then uh, even though it does produce some fruits, you can get rid of it. So therefore, writes the Rambam, look back at Ois Dalid, the Rambam says, V'chein, in the second line, It produces fruit, but it doesn't produce a lot of fruit. It's not worth the time and the investment to take care of it. It's You can remove it. The Ksaba Kabbalah actually claims that that's shot in the Pasuk. Look at back at Ois Beis. The Pasuk says, Rak kiloi only a tree that you know is not a fruit-bearing tree. What? That's a strange language. You know that it's not... Just say, it's not a fruit-bearing tree. What does it mean? You know that it's not a fruit-bearing tree. So it says, what it means is to include even trees that do produce fruits, but you have assessed that it doesn't produce enough fruits that it's worth it to keep it around, you can destroy the tree. It's not worth it. So you have to analyze the tree, do an assessment. If you have assessed the tree and it's not producing enough fruit that it's worth it to keep it around, that would be considered to be a non-fruit-bearing tree and you'd be able to destroy it. 
So for that reason, they quoted the name of David Feinstein, many other Paiskim as well, if you have a fruit-bearing tree that produces a fruit that's not sold in stores, like it makes acorns or some form of a nut or a crab apple or some berry, even if the animals eat it, but it's not something to be sold in stores, that you can make money on the tree, so then it's not worth it to keep the tree around uh, you know, for these fruits. So then it's not considered to be a fruit-bearing tree, and you would be uh, allowed to destroy it, which is many of the trees. The only trees then that would be included are those trees that produce fruits that can be sold. Yeah. You said at the beginning that it applies not only to fruit-bearing trees. No. Fruit-bearing... Other resources. Other resources. And what is a tree? How is a tree a resource? Wood. Wood, so you could use it as a wood shade. when you chop it down. The shade. That's a resource? No, I don't know. Why is the wood any different that it's in the ground or not in the ground? No, can you tear that? Can you chop down a wood tree and throw it away? All trees are wood, yeah. Why? Oh, and right. throw it away. Yeah, throw it away. So once it's wood, you have a shadow of throwing away wood. Because it says uh, you could be. Could I'm saying chopping down the tree doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you chop down the tree. You're, you're worried about economic. Okay, so no, 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 we'll no, get no, to no, your preservationism. It's wood. The wood is the wood. So if you chopped it down, it's wood. It's, it's, it's sitting in the ground, it's wood. Right. So unless you're worried about the oxygen production and no, things no, that Aaron no, no, is concerned about. I just want to know if you can, when, you, when, you, when people clear properties. Yeah, so if it's a non fruit bearing yeah, tree, you don't have to be concerned. You probably chop down hundreds of trees. Right? Hundreds of they trees. They not go to make paper and, and lumber. Yeah, just what's going on. They don't right, so from here it sounds like that's not considered a resource. Sounds like wood is not a resource. Unprocessed wood is not a resource. That's what it sounds like. But we'll get to your point all the way to the end about destroying non fruit bearing trees. What? So anyway, a non fruit bearing tree, Pashup Shot and the Gemara and the Psukim is one is allowed to destroy it. And even if it produces fruit but it's not valuable enough you would keep the tree around because of that, that's considered a non fruit bearing tree. And it's not only re- relevant to fruit bearing trees. For example, let's say a person makes a big meal, you have a caterer, or uh, many Jewish women every Shabbos, there's tons and tons of leftovers. So you're gonna, what, what are you gonna do with all these leftovers? So maybe you'll eat it Sunday night, maybe you'll eat it Monday night. At some point, you're not gonna get sick of these leftovers, you're not gonna wanna eat the leftovers anymore. What do you do with them? So some place can say, you have to wait for everything to rot. You have to wait for the challah to rot and everything to rot before you throw it out. How could you throw it out? It's baltashkas. In my opinion, though, it should be like the tree that produces fruit that's not worth it to keep it around. At a certain point, even if the leftovers are still, even if it's edible, I just, I can't, it's a double most at this point to eat it for four days in a row. I just simply can't eat it anymore. I'm not interested in eating it. So even if it is fruit, you know, food that is edible, at the same time, it's not worth it for me to keep it around. And keeping it around itself is considered, uh, you know, there's a cost involved. If you would ask somebody to store something for you, they would charge you money for it. So in my mind, storing things itself involves a, certain, uh, involves a certain cost. So to keep the food around at a certain point is like it's costing you. You have to see it in your refrigerator. It's keeping up space. You have to keep it around. So at a certain point, if you're not interested in eating it, it's like a fruit-bearing tree that bears fruit that's not worth it to keep it around. So at that point, you could take the food, in my opinion, um, and throw it out. You don't have to wait for the food to become rotten um, <coughs> to become rotten before you throw it out. There's a whole sugi though, bizoy oichem. You're not supposed to be mavaza oichem at any point. So you have to treat it properly, but, but that's a whole different, uh, whole different uh, issue. But one would be allowed to throw out leftovers if he's not interested in eating them anymore, because it's like uh, diminishing returns. You know, it's yatzeskarbev seido to keep it around. It becomes more of a bother uh, than a benefit. Another uh, scenario, perhaps, where you, this is applicable, is with regards to a person who has food in his house that's not healthy for him to eat. 
I take a, uh, you know, as a cheesecake, and you know, as, uh, the Napoleons. It's baltashkas to throw. You have to eat every last Napoleon, otherwise, it's uh, it's baltashkas. So I don't think that that's necessarily the case. The Gemara tells us in Masech the Shabbos on Daf Kuf Memamabes that Amar Rav Chista Haiman the Efshar Leila Mechel Nahamad the Shari. He's able to eat barley bread, and he eats wheat bread. He's violated baltashkas. Because why is he eating the more expensive bread? He could have eaten cheaper bread. So he wasted the money. He's able to drink beer. He drinks wine, which is more expensive. Also, he's violated baltashkas. He spent the extra money. But says the Gemara, both of these are incorrect. Why? Baltashkas de gufe odif. Destroying your body is more choshuv, is more significant than destroying uh, these foods. So since these foods, the barley and the uh, beer, are unhealthy, so to leave them around or to eat them, to consume them, is baltashkas of your body. So to, uh, therefore, I think if a person, let's say, is afraid to keep these foods around, he doesn't want to have them in the house because he's on a diet, or he knows that it will lead to him uh, you know, eating an unhealthy uh, lifestyle, so in my opinion, those items also you could throw out, because it's, uh, it's like Eicho Amazik, it's like the tree that's, uh, that's about to damage you. I don't understand the plus of the Yaakov that he went back to... Be- fantastic point, Akash. Yes, that is an excellent question. You're saying because Baltash is the Gufe Odif, right. That's if the Eicho itself is Mazik. Here, he went back, he was willing to risk his life for a benefit. Here, the, the dangerous foods, you know, the fatty foods, whatever it is, is not a benefit. That's itself a mazik. So I think that's a, a way out of it. But it's a fantastic, a fantastic question. Okay, so that's the second limitation uh, to the Yisra Baltashis. The first is, um, the first is, if it doesn't produce uh, enough fruits that it's worth it to keep it around. And we also had if the, uh, f- the tree itself is being mazik, or the food is being mazik, uh, then one is allowed uh, to remove it. The third uh, limitation of Baltashas that's mentioned by the Gemara Mishnah over there is on the second line. Amar Avinavim If it's more valuable as lumber than it is for the fruits that it produces, then you're allowed to destroy it. That's what Rashi writes in the brackets. Then you're allowed to destroy the tree because it's more beneficial. You can benefit from the resource more by cutting down the tree than by keeping the tree around. It's more benefit, you know, more valuable as lumber. Okay, so the Gemara has three limitations over here. If it's more valuable to cut down the tree than to leave it there, or if the tree is doing damage, or if it doesn't produce enough fruits that it's worth it to keep the tree around, the upkeep of the tree, then one will be allowed to destroy the tree. More valuable. We'll get to it one second. Fantastic. That's the, we'll get to it right now. But I- even with these three uh, these three limitations, the Paiskim are unsure, or there's a machlekas at Paiskim. What about that danger that we mentioned? The Binyan Sion has a chuva where he's discussing uh, Iron Shire, which we'll get to in a second, where you know where these limitations apply, perhaps. Uh, where there wouldn't be a formal prohibition about Tashkis, but what about the fact that Rebchanina was concerned that if you cut down a fruit-bearing tree, it could lead to some danger, and his children uh, died young, you know. Is that, does that apply even if it is permitted to cut down the tree? So our you know, assumption would be, you know, the, it would be logical, is if it's mutter to cut it down, you don't, uh, you don't, uh, you're not in danger of uh, incurring the uh, sakana of cutting down the tree either. 
And that is the opinion of Rav HaPoyskim. However, the opinion C in Rabbi Yaakov Etlinger, the Aruch Lener, quotes uh, there from Rabbi Yaakov Emden in the Sheilas Yaivitz, that he felt under all circumstances the sakana of cutting down a fruit tree uh, applies. Even if Me'ikar Adin is allowed, there is sakana involved. <coughs> That's why some Poyskim are very hesitant to Pascha and Shilas regarding fruit-bearing trees. Because there's uh, a sakana involved. So that's why the Binyan Sian recommends, just to be chayshish at least for the opinion of Yaakov Emden, even if it's mutter because of Baltashkas, ask Anachri to cut it down. Not because Amir Anachri doesn't apply here, Amir Anachri would apply to the Iser. Amir Anachri applies in Kolotor Kula. But because if the Nachri is cutting it down, the danger doesn't uh, apply necessarily. It, it applies to the person who's cutting down the tree. So if you contract it out, or that's why some sell the tree, it, instead of having the arborist cut down, you know, cut down the tree for me, I sell the arborist the tree and say, you do whatever you want with it. And if he does thing like a Mechiris Chametz on the tree, he cuts it down. Or before you buy the property, which is something you can consider if you're buying and you want to clear the property, before you buy the property, put in the contract that the owner of the property, if he's a Nachri, should clear the property first. So many come out, you know, these different solutions to avoid the sakana, perhaps, that's involved. Even if me'ikar, then it is allowed some paiskim achayshish for the sakana. But I'd say that's not the majority of uh, paiskim. The main issue, though, that the Rishonim contend with is uh, what Rabaran raised. What if, not that the wood is more valuable than the tree, but the land is more valuable than the fruit-bearing tree? I want the land cleared to build upon. So rides the rush... At the end of Oisvav, I gave it to him the brackets. Vechenim hayet sarchlim kaimai nira demuter. It's also allowed to remove the tree if I want the property. No different than if I want the lumber. It should be allowed. However, the Binyan Sion, who was discussing this very issue, uh, quotes from a Tuvis base Yaakov, who was a contemporary of his from the late 1600s, early 1700s, uh, classical Tuvis Sefer, who was medayik that Taisus and Brachas disagrees with the Rosh. Because Taisus writes in Masech this bracha, is commenting on the Gemara there, that tells us that one of the prohibitions of the Shnas HaShemitah is you're not allowed to work the land, you're not allowed to cut down a fruit-bearing tree. Ein kaitzen ilonaz b'shviyas. So Taisus says, what do you mean, ein kaitzen ilonaz b'shviyas? Avil b'loi shviyas. Now me tepegay da'asim yisum o'isashas as eitzah. You're not allowed to cut down a fruit-bearing tree, even when it's not the Shnas HaShemitah. So what do you need, a special halach in the Shnas HaShemitah? So Tysus explains, it doesn't produce enough fruits that it's worth it to keep it around. So there's no violation about Tashchis. You're still not allowed to destroy it in the Shnas Hashemitah. It's worth more as lumber than it is as a tree. So again, no violation about Tashchis, but you would be prohibited from doing so in the Shnas Hashemitah. So ask the Beis Yaakov, Yaakov, why didn't he say you need the place? If you need the place... There's no Baltashkis, but it would still be us in the Shnas Hashemitah. Masri Taisus doesn't subscribe to the cool law of the rush that if you need the ground, you want the real estate, that you're allowed to clear it from fruit-bearing trees. I don't know if it's necessarily an ironclad raya. I would have said Taisus is quoting the dinim that appear in the Gemara. The Gemara appears says, you can cut it down if it's Mulubadami, cut it down if it doesn't produce a cob of fruits. The Gemara never discussed if you need the real estate. I don't know if Tysus has to come up with every conceivable possibility. He's just you know, referencing the most famous ones. But that is the way the Beis Yaakov assumes is that within Tysus disagrees with the Rosh, you cannot cut it down uh, if you need, uh, if you need uh, the real estate. So you want to preserve the view of the lake. So then the tree might be called the tree Amazic because it's preventing me from being able to have light or seeing. But that might be Amazic. Here, it's not about Amazic anybody. I want the ground. That's a separate, uh, separate issue.
The Achrayim claim that this might go to the heart of what is Baltashkus all about. The Ramban writes in the Sefer HaMitzvah, not only is there a Loisa say in his comments on the Rambam, not only is there a Loisa say involved in uh, Loisashis as Esel and Doichel of Garzen, but the Pasuk continues, Ki Mimenu Toichal, you should eat from the fruits of the tree. So says the Ramban, that's a Mitzvah say to eat from the fruits of the tree. Not just a Loisa say to cut it down, a Mitzvah say to eat from it. So that implies that the midst of the Easter of uh, Baltashkis is not because you're destroying something, but because you're supposed to benefit from those things that Hashem gave us in this world. Like the Gemara says, a Nazir, who does has to bring a chatos at the end of his Nazirus, because Hashem gave us wine to enjoy, and he's not enjoying it. So too, you destroy any resource, Kimi Menu who gave it to us to enjoy, and you're not enjoying it. So according to this from Bani, but if you could... So if the ground has more value, I can enjoy it by more, by destroying the tree, then I'd be allowed to destroy the tree. The rush, the rush's argument would make sense. But this seems to be a specific affirmative myth that you must enjoy the fruits. Uh, no, whatever is more benefit. So whatever is more benefit, I can enjoy the... Yeah, but it's preventing me from enjoying my backyard. And that's a greater benefit to me than the fruit of the fruit tree. I'd rather destroy the fruit of the fruit tree. That's a greater benefit. So whatever is greater benefit, Hashem gave us the world to enjoy. So if I can enjoy the world more by destroying the fruit tree, it should be allowed. That seems to be the opinion of the Rosh. The Sefer Achinuch, though, let me just say the other side, the Sefer Achinuch seems to focus on the destructive aspect of this, uh, of this Easter. That's uh, not necessarily, Kimi menu you should eat it, but rather he says, There are some people who enjoy seeing gore and enjoy seeing destruction and chaos, and that's not supposed to be our attitude. Our attitude is we want to be constructive, not destructive. And the Torah is trying to distance us from destructive practices. So if that's the case, even if I could enjoy my backyard more by removing the tree, Lamaisa is, you're acting in a destructive fashion by destroying the tree, so then maybe uh, it would not be allowed. If you're going to build with the wood of the tree, so then, you know, it's more valuable as lumber than fruit, that's constructive in a different way than the fruits, because it's lumber. But if you're going to just destroy it, I, I want the tree here, and so I can enjoy my backyard. The mice is, you're being destructive, and you, that could be, uh, in theory, a violation of uh, Baltashas. Most Paiskim are mekel on this Shiloh. <coughs> I would recommend to do it with a Nachri, because of the Sakana involved, potential. But most Paiskim are mekel, mekel adin, you can remove the tree if you, the real estate is more uh, valuable to you, because we seem to assume the prohibition is not so much uh, focused on the destructive element, destructive aspect, but on uh, enjoying the world to the fullest. So if you can enjoy the world uh, more by having the tree removed, then it would be allowed. These two uh, perspectives on Baltashkis, though, uh, come out with regards to two other settings. The first is discussed by T. Pesach Frank with regards to a mitzvah. Let's say I want to destroy something in order to perform a mitzvah. We do it all the time. He was discussing cutting down branches from a fruit-bearing tree to use a schach for your sukkah. So, in Eretz Yisrael, there were trees are a commodity. In the place of Frank was in Eretz Yisrael. Trees are more rare. You know, we would say, why would we cut down a fruit-bearing tree? But in Eretz Yisrael, it's much more, uh, there aren't as many trees. So, they were discussing using a fruit-bearing tree as schach. Or our shiloh, which is more common, is uh, you want to build your sukkah and there's branches uh, overhanging. And you want to remove it to fulfill the mitzvah of sukkah. So, at Pesa Frank, there notes, and Machlech is showing him about why is uh, Baltashchis ignored when it comes to a mitzvah. So the Gemara says in the Sechlis of Zarah, that they used to burn the clothes of the king after his reign was over, or they would maim his animals. They would cut off the hoofs of the animals so no one else could ride around in his horse, no one else could wear his robes. 
So Taisus asked, but what about Baltashkes? How can we just destroy these resources? So Taisus says, one uh, place, in Mesechus of Zara, the Kevin the Lechvoidah Shomelech Oisin Kain Ein Kan Hashkosa. Since it's for a greater benefit, meaning for the king, so it's not Baltashkes from the very outset. Baltashkes means you're wasting something. I'm not wasting something, I'm getting a greater benefit than the benefit of the robes is honoring the king. Meaning that it's focused on the benefit, maximizing your benefit. Here you're maximizing the benefit by destroying it. Tysus and Baba Metziah gives a different explanation. Tysus says because the covet of the king is doiche, pushes aside the Easter of Baltashkes. The kvaidam elefanasi adiv kamoi Baltashkes, the nidche mipnei kvaidam. The covet of the king pushes aside Baltashkes. Says or he pays a ring, that sounds like there would have been Baltashkes. Because you're acting in a destructive fashion. Just the mitzvah pushes aside Baltashkes. So then you have to then clear, well, how important is this mitzvah and how grave of an Easter is Baltashkes? We want to break a glass at a wedding. You want to uh, spill out wine by the Seder at the Makis. Or you want to spill uh, extra wine over your cup, crazy Revaya by Havdalah, to, and you waste the wine to put out the Havdalah candle in. So how important are all of these things and how grave is the Easter of Baltashkes? If Baltashkes is the Rabbanon, it could be easier, it's easier to overcome. If we're dealing with an Easter Midday Raisa, it's, it's harder to overcome. So that's why some like to use broken glasses for the wedding, or some like to use a broken plate to minimize the Baltashkes uh, issues. But at the same time, we usually assume, the most place can assume, Baltashkes is focused not on the being destructive, where I have to overcome it because of a mitzvah, and because in you are destroying something. So it would be a violation of Baltashkis you have to overcome with a mitzvah. They assume Baltashkis is not focused on the destructive aspect of it, but that we should maximize our benefit. Kimi menul teichal. So if you could uh, benefit, uh, you know, so you're, you're fulfilling a mitzvah with it, even if it's simply just a minog, uh, where we're generally not concerned with Baltashkis, because you're maximizing your benefit is through the mitzvah. But that's even the purpose that the glass was made. The glass was made for that purpose, to break it. So it's being used as it was designed to be used. They make special glasses for that? Any glass. Uh, a glass is made to be broken? Yeah, after the fact, that glass was... Uh, you're very uh, spiritual. You're That's it, very so. spiritual. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, one other uh, issue that's related to this... <laughs> it's a good point. I hear you. One other issue that's related to this is what if you don't destroy the tree entirely, you just cut off uh, branches? So look at Tysus and Brachus back over there. Oisches, Tysus again asked, why do we need a special prohibition that you're not allowed to work, uh, cut down a fruit tree during the Shnat Sashmiti, you're not allowed to cut down a fruit tree ever. So Tysus said, well, it's discussing where uh, it doesn't produce enough fruits or it's more valuable as lumber, there'd be no Baltashkas, you're still not allowed to do it during the Shnat Sashmita. The Meiri says, no, you just cut off a few branches. Cutting off a few branches is not Baltashkas, the tree is still intact, you can still benefit from the tree. There's still some benefit you could derive. Uh, from the tree. So that's not called uh, Baltashkas. The, the tree is still intact. The Shilti as well writes, over here, Oisid Beis, that the only time there's Baltashkas is if you entirely destroy the item. But if it's not entirely obliterated, like the Gemara we had in Kiddushin, you tore the garment on the seam. It's not g- g- destroyed. You could refix it, re-sew it, it'll be back intact. So it's not entirely destroyed, unless it's entirely destroyed. You haven't violated Baltashkas. There's still some enjoyment uh, that you could enjoy from the item. So it's not Baltashkas. Baltashkas means it's a wasted resource. This isn't a wasted resource. The tree is still producing fruit. Cutting branches for a sukkah, that would be this. Also another kula, yeah. You're only cutting off branches. You're not cutting down the whole tree. However, uh, the uh, Paiskim assume that Rashi disagrees. 
Rashi writes back in that Gemara Masechus Kiddushin over there, Ois Gimel, Rashi says when you tear it on the seam, not that there's still some value to it. It hasn't been totally obliterated. Rashi says, It does not lose any value at all. I don't know what item we're talking about. That you rip the arm item, even though you rip it on the seam, it is not as valuable as it was before. Rashi assumes it has not decreased in value at all. Because if it had... It sounds like it would have been Baltashka. So even though I could re-sew it, but Lemaise is, you destroy it, even a few branches. Why would the sun get upset? Huh? Why would the sun get upset? The Gemara asked that. If you tore it on the seams, why did the sun get upset? So the Gemara says, because he was angry already. And good, good point. But it did not lose any value at all. of the cost of fixing it, Rashi assumes, Rashi says, It's just as valuable as it was before. That's not possible. It's going to cost me $10 to fix it. No, maybe I ripped the pocket of your jacket. You know, I undid. Now there's no utility of that pocket. My son doesn't know. I ripped it. He heard me take his, you know, expensive suit. I ripped something. He doesn't know what I ripped. Actually, I just ripped the pocket open. He doesn't know. So it's the same value as it was before. Okay. That's okay. So that, that, that's what could be the, the case. But it sounds like from Rashi, if it would have been valuable, you know, any value at all, it would have been Baltashis. But Tysus and Brochus didn't say that answer, you just cut down a few branches. That might imply even cutting down a few branches is a violation of Baltashis. And again, this might hinge on this issue. If it's focused on being destructive, you are destroying a few branches. That is destructive. But uh, if it's because you're not able to benefit from it anymore, as long as you're able to benefit from the tree, it wouldn't be Baltashas. So again, uh, we, we said, most poets can assume it's really focused on the maximizing benefit. So if you haven't destroyed the tree entirely, just cut off a few branches is another tzad, uh, lahakel, and we're generally make all that just to cut off a few branches, even for any reason really, um, would be allowed. The last issue is what about destroying a non-fruit-bearing tree? The Pesach said you're allowed to do it. Does that mean I even... I, I, I don't like this tree. Whatever we, we'd have a machleg. I tripped over the tree once. I want the tree gone. Can you destroy it for no reason whatsoever? So the Rambam says yes. The Rambam says at the end of the first line on Ois Dawid, Kol Ilan Srak Muter You're allowed to destroy it. Even if you don't need it at all, you could destroy the tree. Once you have wood, you, guess you can't waste it because of Baltashkis, but I want the tree out of the ground, you could destroy it. Tysus, though, himself, him says uh, not so. Look at Tysus over here, Oisid Gimel, on the other side of the page. Anybody who cuts down good trees, we'll never see a Simen Brocha. Now, I would have said Ilonus Tavis means fruit bearing trees. That's what I would have said. But the Piskei Tysus says, no, I feel even srak in a royal simen bracha. Even a non-fruit bearing tree, if you cut it down, you're in a royal simen bracha, which implies you did it uh, gratuitously. What are you cutting down trees for? If you do so, you're destructive. Ain't a royal simen bracha. So I think, again, that's because you're being destructive. Why should you destroy good things, like a tree? Why are you going around destroying things, if not the fact that you have a destructive personality? And that's what Baltashus is coming to curb. However, we said that we probably we assume the focus about Hashem is not on the destructive element of it, but because uh, you should benefit from the world. So, if this tree serves no benefit, so then uh, it wouldn't be Baltashkas, and that's why the Ramam feels you could cut it down. I, I thought that this issue should be relevant with regards to recycling. Are we morally and you know, halachically obligated to recycle? Obviously, there's a Dina de Malchus, a Dina aspect here. You know, there's the law of the land. But leaving that aside for the moment, are we halakhically obligated to recycle the baltashka? So if I take a can and put it in the regular garbage as opposed to the recycling can. So I thought that should be dependent on this issue too. I'm not destroying the coke, you know, the used coke can. It's already destroyed. 
It uh, has no benefit right now. So if we're focused on the destructive element of the, you know, Baltashkas, I'm not destroying it by putting it in the garbage as opposed to the recycling. It is destroyed of made right now. But if it's focused on maximizing benefit in this world, enjoying the things that Hashem gave us, so if I could benefit in another way after it's refashioned and remade and recycled into something else, so it is a potential benefit here. So there may be uh, assuming that it's financially viable and it's not too much bother you know, to do it in the first place, but if one is able to recycle, it sounds like from here it would be Baltashkas not to recycle. <coughs> assuming again that it's financially, it's not Yotzeskar though to save every can you know, with the dried out coke and then bugs and then this and then that, so then it's not worth it, like the tree that doesn't produce enough fruits that it's worth it to keep it around. But assuming that it could be recycled at minimal cost, so then uh, it sounds like we should maximize uh, the use of the world and, uh, and try and recycle if it's possible. Okay. What should we do with all this? I said we could throw it out. Raise it out. Every single Sunday. Raise it out.